Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in New York Football Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals and the only place for every New York football team and their fans. Do you believe? I'm your host, Steven Tino Rodriguez, and welcome back to another episode of the New York Football Podcast. You can check us out on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. And of course, the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Like, download, rate, and subscribe on all platforms. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod and at Tino Rodriguez. I am back. I was taking a short week off for my 25th birthday. I took to the Jersey Shore to celebrate a little bit with my family. We had some nice fun and a little bit of a vacation there. But now we're back. The New York Football Pod is back, and we have another great show for you guys today. We are coming off the heels of my last show. We missed out on a full week of baseball, a ton to talk about, and we're going to get to that at the end of the show during the Show Me the Money segment, which, of course, as always, made you guys a bunch of money. If you listened in, we were all over the overs. We had both the Dodgers and Yankees on opening day on the run line for both of them. And uh, the Yankees over on opening day obviously got suspended for most of the people who decided to play that. But winners, winners, winners. We have more of those later in the show for you guys. It's another solo show, but my God, do we have a lot to catch up on. We're going to get right into the Jamal Adams trade. We have training camp starting up. And as I mentioned, we're going to end the show with Show Me the Money to get us started, if you smell what the XFL is cooking. You heard the man. That is the voice of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, now brand new part owner of the XFL. With all the sports coming back, the XFL appears to also be back in the distant future. As The Rock has joined forces with business partner Danny Garcia as well as Redbird Capital to purchase the XFL, which was about to go to auction. They purchased the XFL for $15 million. In a quote, The Rock said, The acquisition of the XFL with my talented partners is an investment for me that's deeply rooted in two things, my passion for the game and my desire to take care of fans. And I'm just going to be the one to come out and say, I'm sure you guys know that I was a big fan of the XFL while it was going on and was very sad to see it go due to COVID-related reasons. Uh, But I am very happy to see this back. I think a lot of football fans are happy to see this back as well because in terms of entertainment and being different from a football 
related spectrum, I think the XFL was hitting. And I think it was very intriguing to watch. And uh, even from a gambling side of things, I think they did a lot of things right and definitely had the interest. Now, what this is going to look like down the road, are we going to have the same teams? Will those teams be in the same cities? Are those cities going to be open to those teams coming back? And then, of course, you have to worry about the player pool. Obviously, with COVID going on, players are opting out. Now, it's not as if the XFL was short of people wanting to get back into the game and participate and be a football player at a semi-professional level. But at the same time, there are health concerns. There are testing that's going to have to go into this. Are they going to wait for COVID to finish before they start the season? There's also a whole layer of maybe college players that are potentially not going to be able to play a college season that might want to opt out, go to the XFL. I mean, there's a million ways to look at this. Is that one likely? Probably not. I think college players are most likely stay put. And as, at least with college football, they're going to play in conference schedules. But again, there are a lot of factors to this with COVID and just the startup of sports and just seeing if the NFL could even do it right. But now, in a positive light, the XFL on paper will be back or at least out of bankruptcy as they will be purchased by this group uh, headed by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So maybe the New York Guardians are coming back and maybe football will be coming back to MetLife uh, sooner than later, at least in terms of after this NFL season, maybe if things clear up in the spring, maybe the Guardians are going to kick us off with sports before the Giants actually get to do it. So we will see, but football is slowly inching its way back. And with that said, football really is back. Training camp has officially started and the NFL season is nearly knocking on the door. Let's get the elephant in the room out of the way and let's switch over to the biggest news I was away for. And I don't want to say I told you so, but we saw this coming from a mile away. The New York Jets traded away Jamal Adams and a 2022 fourth-round pick for a haul. They got a very nice deal out of this. Two first-round picks, one in 2021 and 2022. A third in 2021 as well. That's next year. And a starting safety, which will probably come in and play as soon as possible in Bradley McDougal. Jamal left on pretty shitty terms. Obviously, he was not hesitant to letting people know that he was not happy and he wanted the hell out of New York. Listen, and we talk about this on the show all the time. His character looked like shit through this entire process, but he was unhappy. And yeah, you can pick on him all you want for that, and I know Jets fans are going to be salty for it. Call him a diva all you want. With two years remaining on his contract, maybe he should have waited it out or stayed true to his word and listened to the Jets, but... The Jets were pussyfooting around the deal. It didn't seem like they actually wanted to sign him. And I love Joe Douglas, but I think he actually was better off just cutting ties after he completely shit on Adam Gaze, which I am not going to say anything about because he's absolutely right. Adam Gaze is not a leader. He's a terrible coach. And I would be pissed off playing for him too because clearly the team has no direction. Their best thing was defense. And now that's going to hurt, especially without Jamal Adams. Uh, he was a first-team All-Pro last season, a two-time Pro Bowler, and the Jets do have some upside here by signing Bradley McDougal and gaining future assets. The only thing to scratch your head on here, and you know, it's a what-if type of question, but what is the upcoming draft pools and seasons going to look like? You have two future first-round picks in an error here over the next year or so 
that is a, it's very uncertain. I mean, college football is uncertain. It looks like they're going to play college schedules uh, or in-conference schedules. But other than the for sure guys, who knows how many rounds are going to be in the NFL draft? We already saw the NBA and the MLB drafts get affected by COVID and the lack of people being able to come out and play full season. So I would also worry that maybe the Jets aren't going to get the best look at their first round picks. Obviously, the one in two years, maybe it'll be better. But in the short term, that first round in 2021, uh, I would hold my breath on. And let's be real, that third round pick in 2021 as well will not resign with the Jets just because of their nature of never signing a third round pick. But Aside from that, there appears to be a positive out of this, and although it seems like I'm not backing the Jets' moves here, that's all right, Jets fans, because there is someone who, surprisingly, out of all people, to take the Jets' side on this, did, and it is Le'Veon Bell, someone who I thought would be next out of the door, and I'm still pretty sure he will be. It appears that Jamal Adams betrayed their trust between each other. Uh, Here's the tweet. People do all the hooting and hollering to get you brought in just to leave, lol. Like people weird, yo. The internet got these dudes doing whatever for attention, even when they tell you shit they don't believe themselves. Now, to me, that sounds like Jamal tried to sell Lev on this idea that they're going to win in New York, you know, so on and so forth, and he dipped, and now Lev's a pretty salty about it I don't blame him because now he's left on a team that lacks his production and they're not going to be very good without uh Jamal Adams so Adams then responded noted period see you week 14 so Lev then responded noted what that you lied please trust that this is noted then and if I'm supposed to take see you in week 14 as a threat I don't But it's still all love. And like I told you on the phone, I want the best for you. This is the best for you. I want it for you, bro. So, I mean, (laughs) take that as you want. Uh, Lev is going to toes with Jamal Adams. I hope this doesn't end up on freezing cold takes and Lev is traded before week 14. But it's good to see that there is some team building being done out of this as it seems like Jamal Adams is now enemy number one and targeted in week 14 and Lev seems motivated now. So I was buying Lev stock in fantasy either way. I think he should be back to normal, but we'll see if Adam Gase continues to stun his growth, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this season. He even went on throughout that day saying, I'm not mad. I'm motivated. That's awesome news, and I hope he is. I'm a big fan and big supporter of Lev Bell. I just hope that he can find a way to succeed in New York because, obviously, it's been uh, a little all over the place for him over the last couple of years. Also, before I get out of Jets news, there is one major thing I did skip out on. Not only will the Jets defense take a hit in losing Jamal Adams, but they will also take another hit in losing C.J. Mosley for yet another season. Mosley opting out of 2020 season because of COVID-related concerns with his family. Obviously respectable, understandable. Plenty of people are doing it. He's not the only one, but what was a bright spot for this team last year will now look to be maybe one of the most vulnerable things on this team. And 
the Jets will now actually have to turn to their offense without both Mosley and Adams to keep up with teams. I, I think there's going to be a lot of vacated holes in that defense or at least a lack of pass rush with Adams off the edge gone. And and although the Jets didn't have Mosley last year and can show what they did without him, uh, I just think his talent is undeniable. And obviously in the games that he did play, especially in week one, you saw it, guy makes an impact. So an impact player like that on your defensive side of the ball will be a big miss without a doubt. So not too great of news on the Jets side of things. But let's go over to the Giants, and the Giants did have some positive news. Although he didn't want to accept it out of the gate, Marcus Golden is back. Yes, that is right. So as of July 28th, that was the set date for Marcus Golden to decide if he's going to sign with another team or he'd have to then only sign with the Giants. And... With nothing being done, it appeared Golden was set to sign back with the Giants, and he did as of a week later. As we record this on Tuesday, Golden has made it official. He is signing his one-year prove-it deal, roughly $5.1 million contract, an unrestricted free agent tender. Obviously, his salary was then set, and the Giants were his team of choice because that was the only team of his choice. But after a 10-sack season, Golden is back, and... This is something the Giants desperately need after not really making any big-name moves uh, from defensive end or pass rusher positions uh, in terms of free agency or even the draft. And to say that Marcus Golden's presence would be missed if he wasn't back with the team this season would be an understatement. Golden led the Giants last year in total pressures generated with 64. That was 30 better than the next best teammate in Lorenzo Carter, who had 34. So, welcome back to Big Blue Marcus Golden. I'm excited to see him back, and this is a similar team to what we had last year. Obviously, it wasn't successful, but you'd like to think, although it's a new system, these guys being with each other for another year, maybe things will start to gel and mesh a little bit better than the putrid pass rush that we had last season. But now I'm going to get you guys ready for everybody's favorite segment, Show Me the Money. And obviously, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, we only pump out winners here. But before we get to the winners and I hit the music, I just think it's important we talk about the losers here. And the big loser of the week is the New York Mets. My pride and joy and boy has it been an embarrassing last couple of weeks. Last couple of days, really. If it wasn't just the blown saves, the lack of hitting, and really just getting anyone in from third base with less than two outs, uh, Yoenis Cespedes really just putting the icing on the cake. Holy shit, did this guy just do whatever he wanted. I mean, he's always done whatever he wanted, but he fully fleeced the Mets. Just ends uh, similar to Jamal Adams. It's really a good argument on who left the New York teams worse, but... While in Atlanta, finishing the series off, Yoenis Cespedes apparently just didn't show up to the game, didn't tell anyone, and people thought he was dead. Now, what ended up happening was alleged stories on both sides. Apparently, he opted out the day before. Apparently, he never told anyone. Uh, he said a day of. He, apparently, he's not even actually opting out for COVID. He just doesn't want to fucking play baseball anymore because he doesn't believe in himself. He doesn't believe in the team. And I don't believe in the team either anymore. I mean, what a mess. The whole thing's a mess. 
I think this will be better for the Mets because you just get Cespedes off the team. Now, if only we can get Jared Kelnick back and get Diaz and Cano off the team, the Mets would be golden. But as of right now, they are the dumpster fire that we're used to. Not in August. We're used to this in the beginning of the season, not in August. But I'd like to think they'll turn it around and get hot again. But all the optimism that was is very much dwindling our way. The guy we traded to be our closer, which was an absolute shit show last season, is even worse this year. Uh, we have a bunch of guys on our team that are supposed to be good but haven't put it together. Our bullpen's in shambles. Our manager doesn't know what decisions to make. Everybody's getting hurt, and this is New York Mets baseball. So let's go to Show Me the Money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yes! Louder! Show me the money. That's it, brother. But you got to yell last up. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. And just to release an official statement before I jump into my picks here. I do believe the Mets can be very successful this season. Why? Because 16 teams make the playoffs. And so I think they're good enough to be a top 16 team in the National League. We have the best pitcher in baseball who we finally scored runs for as of Monday and got him his first win. But it needs to happen soon because the losing streak that they just embarked on was equivalent to like a double-digit losing streak in a 162-game season. So, yeah. Let's move away from the Mets and let's talk futures. Yes, I know I did team futures and rookie of the year futures, but let's get into MVP futures. And this is a bet I just threw out there. And as the line dwindles and dwindles down, it's important I get this out there before things change even more. Aaron Judge is my favorite to win American League MVP. He was at plus 900 before his two home run game when I laid my money on him. He's now down to plus 600. Still, amazing value. It was insane to me that Trout was number one while he was on paternity leave at plus 250. Aaron Judge was hitting six home runs in five days and was still at 9-1 odds. And no one was even close. The next best person was Francisco Lindor at 13-14-1. So... It's really a two-headed race between Judge and Trout. Trout might not play the whole season, and you're not going to get much value on Trout. If you want to bet on Trout at plus 250, you might as well bet on Luis Robert, the most for-sure bet, who's also at 2 or 3-1 to one to win AL Rookie of the Year. Um, but with that said, I think Aaron Judge is on an unbelievable tear right now. It's very obvious to everyone, and no one wants to talk about it, but the guy should have had an MVP already his rookie season before Altuve cheated and despite him cheating really out muscled and leveled him in almost all statistical categories still didn't win it Altuve won it and if he did have that MVP under his belt I think that there's a very good chance that the odds wouldn't have been as fluctuated because Trout is where he is on those odds because he has proven it and is pretty much the AL lock every year but I think with Aaron Judge being the best player on the current best team in baseball, and it'll probably stay that way, I think he's a very good bet, even at plus 600. I think that is a bet you all need to make, and I'll check in with you guys if and when this season ever finishes and the postseason gets here. But with the tear he's on right now, 
a sixth of the way through the season, a tenth of the way through the season, and he has the amount of home runs, RBIs, and runs scored as he does, it wouldn't be too difficult for him to keep up this pace and have astronomical numbers compared to the rest of the competition. So I really like Judge, but now if you look a little past him, as I mentioned before, well, if it's not Judge, who is it? Well, you want to lean towards Trout, but again, Trout has a lot of question marks around him. I'm a fantasy owner of Trout, and I still think he's the best player in baseball. I mean, the guy only gets out by hitting piss missiles to the outfield of the infield. But besides the point, if there's an outbreak on the West Coast, there's a very good chance that, as he expressed his concerns earlier in the season, Trout might opt out. So, where do you look? Well, I think the Indians might be the next best bet. I really like Francisco Lindor, and I like Jose Ramirez. Who would win MVP? Who would be better? It's hard to say. I, I, I think Lindor is off to the way hotter start and would probably be the overall favorite, uh, at least even by Indians fans' perspectives. I think he's their best player, and I think they would tell you that. But usually you got to go with the best player on the best teams, and if you're not going with Judge, I think the next best team right now on paper would be the Indians, although I think the White Sox are on a tear, and of course the Astros are still there. But I like the Indians. And I like the Yankees a lot. I mentioned that in my team futures. And I'm going to keep that pattern. If I think the team's going to be the best of the best, I'm going to go with the best player on that team. And I think that's the smartest way to do AL MVP future bets. And, you know, Trout normally broke that mold. But I think especially in a short season like this, if you are the best guy on the best team and overpower people and really show it... um, I think you're going to get the MVP this season. That's just the way it's going to go. I don't think it's a longevity thing. I think it's who puts together the best 60-game performance. And without a doubt, Aaron Judge is off to the best start. But another guy, and we'll switch over to the National League, who's also off to a very impressive start and a very impressive debut, is no other than former AL MVP, Mookie Betts. And what's crazy about Mookie Betts is he's getting it done on both sides of the diamond. And he's edging out his teammate. The top two guys in this NL MVP are within half a percentage against each other. Mookie Betts, plus 750. Bellinger, plus 800. It's crazy because it goes with the same logic I'm thinking with Judge. You go with the best player on the best team. But now, really, who's the best player on that team? I really think, in a sense, they're almost taking away bragging rights from each other. It's similar to Garrett Cole and uh, Justin Verlander from last season with the Cy Young. I mean, these both guys are playing out of their minds. You're really going to lead one way or the other on them. I mean, you should just split the award and give it to them both. But when you put it like that, Betts is really having the better start and more complete season so far. I also think it's interesting that someone who flies under the radar on the Dodgers and is having an astronomical start is Corey Seager. Corey Seager's a guy that everyone's been waiting to get it going in uh, L.A., and he's actually off to a very hot start. He leads the team in almost every category right now. He's batting 375, three home runs, uh, 432 on-base percentage, and he has 15 hits. Again, very small sample size, and I'm not saying Corey Seager for MVP, but it's just very interesting that when you place these bets out and you really look at the numbers, the Dodgers... Where is Seager on this list? He's in the top five. He is the fifth best odds to win MVPs at plus 1,300. I don't know if he'll have the season to pass Bellinger and Betts, but hey, 
Shout out to Corey Seager for having a hell of a start. We'll see how he finishes. The next two best people, though, and and I think this is my... If I can't decide between Betts and Bellinger, and if I did, I would say Betts is your best bet at plus 750 because Belly probably won't be able to win it back-to-back. Nicholas Castellanos is having himself a season. He, I think he was cold the first two games of the year, and he has been on fire since. Another guy who leads his team in every statistical category. He's batting 382, five home runs, 12 RBIs, a 462 on base percentage, 13 hits. Um, the Reds are a 500 team, but again, if they could sneak in and they were a part of my team futures, like I mentioned in the last episode, if this is a team that can put together a winning record in a winning season and he really does dominate their offensive production and can flash the glove defensively, this is a guy who has extreme value. Plus 3,000, Nicholas Castellanos. I mean, sprinkle a $10 bet and you're going to make 300 bucks on it. It is well worth it, I think, with the season he's having and the potential there. He is one of my favorite long-shot dark horses to win the NL MVP. It's not a fan favorite, but Castellanos is someone who has been on a tear for a long time and has been deserving of the recognition, at least in terms of his offensive numbers. Now, if you don't want to favorite too much of the offensive numbers and you want to look for an all-around quality guy, I think you go Nolan Arenado. He's going to be my other dark horse bet. He's at plus 1,500. I just like what the guy does on the diamond. He's probably one of the top five players in the league if you really put it all together. He is a platinum glove defender. He hits the shit out of the ball. The only thing against him is the fact that he plays in Colorado, which is still one of the biggest bullshit things I've ever heard uh, throughout people's careers. Obviously, the splits matter. But I think in terms of overall production at 15-1 to 1 odds, I think Nolan Arenado is a really, really good bet. This goes against the whole best player on the best team type of thing because I don't think the Rockies have enough juice to do that. But just in terms of what they're doing right now, the Rockies are 7-2. and two. They are one of the best teams in the NL, if not the best team on paper. They hit the shit out of the ball, and if he shines to be the best of the best, which he should be, I mean, they do have Trevor Story, who also is playing out of his mind in terms of offense and defense. I think that Nolan Arenado at 15-1 to is a very good bet and a good long shot to look outside of those two Dodger players. If I had to go, I'm going to go bets to win the NL MVP in his first season with the Dodgers. But if not, I'm going to sprinkle both Castellanos and Arenado. And in regards to the AL, we're looking judge. We're locked in on judge. If it's not him, well, I'll be very disappointed. But if it isn't him, actually, look for Lindor and Ramirez. But that's it, guys. That's it for our show today. I hope you guys really like those picks. I hope you listen to them and try to make some money before that Aaron Judge line moves even further. Uh, Thank you for tuning in as always. Be sure to follow us on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez. 
we should have plenty to talk about next week same time as always no more vacations for your boy we only have one birthday a year it has passed and now we're locked in we have training camp news to look forward to i'm sure there'll be plenty of storylines exciting times for the giants and jets the xfl is back baseball is still alive and well be safe everyone listen to my bets place those things it'll make you some money i'll talk to you guys next week Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.